a few weeks ago, uh, I had uh, the honor, the privilege to go to a city council meeting uh, at, at Town Hall right around the corner here uh, because they had on their agenda to speak out against hate crime. And I was like, okay, that's something like I want to be a part of that. And uh, so we went and I knew the, the context of it was going to be uh, those that are like in the Jewish community. Uh, that was what was making this part of the agenda and whatnot. And so they, we know there are people from Lakewood moving down into Tom's River and people are responding in various different ways. I had heard some of it. I knew it was an issue. Uh, but as I sat in that meeting, at one point they, they talk about how they're creating this ordinance to, against uh, hate speech and whatnot. They, they put a mic in the middle of the room and then allow people to come up and share their stories. And uh, this is not, some of their stories were not PG. Uh, and, and one of them in particular, I had been aware of a few situations that were atrocious and awful, but one, one really gripped me. Uh, one gripped me as a, a dad uh, spoke about something that his daughter uh, heard on a bus. And uh, he, was, uh, he was telling this story, and he said that my daughter was on a bus, and the bus was, uh, had to pull over because it was overheating. And somebody on the bus yelled out, what is that smell? Uh, to which somebody else yelled out uh, in front of this, uh, this man's daughter, uh, it's, uh, it must be Jews burning in a furnace. And it blew my mind that in 2019, this is possible. In 2019, where have we come that this is still, things of this nature are still being said? And, and, I, and I thought to myself, it, um, it's not far-fetched to think that one day Christianity will be so hated that my daughter could be on a bus and somebody could make a joke about, oh, it must be your dad just hanging on a cross or something. Like, so, so what would we do if we were living in this situation? What would we do if it was our daughter, our child on a bus? What would we do if we are the student on a bus? Not in theory, but in actuality. It's easy for us to envision what we would do in here, a safe, the safe place that is Wellspring Church. Envision what we would do, but what would we actually do? I think there are three roads that each of us can start to envision. Three roads of when, when garbage is before us, hate. Garbage of hate is before us. There are three roads that we can take. We can, we can join in. We, we, can, we can utter up rhetoric. We can join in the rhetoric of hate. Or, or, or we can go and try to be a person of peace, a person of like, no, you're an idiot. Like, no, like in our reality, like God loves people and that's stupid. We can, we, can, we can come to the defense or we can act the third way indifferent. To, to say, I don't want to act with compassion. I don't want to act with sympathy. I, I, I'm going, in my inaction, in my indifference, I'm going to communicate this really doesn't matter. Esther is somebody in the, in the Old Testament, uh, in, in the book of Esther, that, that is presented with a situation, presented with garbage before her, and she has one of three roads in which she can take. And men and women alike in this misunderstood series have a lot to learn from Esther. So if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Esther, or you can follow along on the screen or open up in the app. However you open it up, we should be in God's Word reading this together. So in Esther chapter 4, it says, when Mordecai learned all that had been done. Now, we'll pause there because we're not preaching through the book of Mordecai. So let me give you a little a backstory. Mordecai is Esther's uncle. Uh, there was an opening for queen, if you read through it. It's kind of like there's a little bit of an opening, if you will. And so Esther, Mordecai helps get uh, Esther to be queen. Not by accident. God has his hand behind it. Because then a situation comes up. Haman, this guy named Haman who's close to the king, and Mordecai start feuding. 
And there's this decree uh, that in the land that when, when, when people, people have to bow before the king, well, when the Jewish people that are in this foreign land, when they hear of that decree, they understand what God's word says. They understand that they cannot bow, and they will not bow, and they do not bow. And so Haman sees it as an opportunity to go before the king and say, hey, king, you know, there's this people group. They ain't bowing. Uh, I hate them with you, and so I'll offer up my money, uh, my silver to, to help you annihilate this group. And so the king was like, okay, sure, what? Almost flippantly, like whatever. And it issues a decree that this people group would be hung and killed. So here are the Jewish people facing genocide. Mordecai just heard of this. And Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes, which would be an ancient, an ancient way of, of mourning, showing their public display of, of mourning. And he went into the midst of the city and cried aloud and a bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate. He's, he's positioning himself close to people of influence, positioning himself where, where change needs to happen. So he goes as close as he can to the gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth, because in that day and age, the king doesn't want to be uh, surrounded by anything that would be a little Debbie Downer of sorts. And so that's not allowed. And so he can't go any further, but he goes as close as he can. And in every, in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and lamenting. And many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. So now, now not only is it Mordecai, but as this decree is going out, the whole nation is joining in. We have to mourn. Why? Because, because we are facing annihilation. We are facing genocide. We are facing where, where if, if God or somebody does not act, God's people are wiped off the face of the planet. We don't really know how to react to mourning sometimes, either individually or in others. Remember this scene maybe in, in the history books or, or maybe you lived it and you saw this firsthand, Jackie Kennedy mourning the loss of her husband, somebody that, that she was there in the car. With her, with her husband's, portions of her husband's head, mourning. How did we respond? How, would, how do you and I respond when we are in mourning or when others are in mourning? In other areas of the world, public mourning is very, very common. But in our world, we, in, in our civilization, in our culture, we don't really know how to respond to people when they're hurting. Do I say something? Don't I say something? Do I avoid them? Do I not? Like, we don't know. But sometimes I feel like God meets us in the morning to move us to action. And this is what happens now with, with Esther as the story continues. Now, now when Esther's young woman and the, and the eunuchs uh, came and told her that the, the queen was deeply distressed, and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth. Why is she doing that? What's her motivation? Is she embarrassed by him? Does she want him to come in? We don't know, but, but she sends him some clothes, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called uh, for Hatch, Hathich, something like that, and one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to attend to her. So, so he works for the king uh, and ordered him to go to Mordecai and to learn what it was and why it was. Because at this point, you catch this, Esther woke up one morning in safety, in comfort. She woke up unaware that her own people, her, her herself, have a decree where it could end her life and their life. She's becoming aware. Then Hatchet went out to Mordecai into the open square of, of the city uh, in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay the king uh, from the king's treasury for the destruction of the Jews. And Mordecai gave him a copy of, of the written decree 
learned, uh, issued in, in Susa for their destruction. In, in mourning, guess what, guess what he's not doing? He's not embellishing the truth. He's, he's being factual, and now he's giving uh, a decree to bring credibility to the conversation to say, this is what I'm, be- what I'm said is, being, is, is factual. I'm not being just emotional here. This is true. That he might show it to Esther and explain to her uh, and command her to go to the king to beg for his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. Esther, you have a job to play. You have a role to play. He knows it might cost her her life. We'll get to that in a second. But, but Esther, what will you do now? You woke up in comfort, but now what? <laughs> and Hatchet went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hatchet and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, this is the response that Mordecai gets back. All the king's servants and people of the king's providence know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, but there is, there is but one law to, to be put to death, except to the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, so that, that he may live. But as for me, I have not seen the king, I have not been called to come to the king for, some, for these 30 days. So he, she wakes up, she's unaware of the situation. Mordecai tells her of the situation and says, you have a job to do, you have a role to play, you, you need to do something. And he probably, having helped raise her, having knowing her character, he's probably expected, like, yep, I'll go. But she responds back saying, come on, you know, you know the decree. You know the rule. I can't. This isn't my problem, per se. If I go, I might die. Like, Mordecai, think about this. He hasn't seen me in 30 days. What if he's, what if he's frustrated with me? What if, what, if he, what if he's at odds with me? If I go and he doesn't like that I'm approaching him, guess what? I'm dead. And so she responds back with indifference because the dilemma is hard for her. Now, if you're a, a parent in the room, you understand my, uh, something that I struggle with at times, and that is when we drive around with our kids, sometimes we will play a movie. And this is something unique to 2019 that many parents in the room have heard movie after movie after movie, but we've never actually seen the movie with our own eyes. We've only heard it as we're driving in the car. Uh, and so uh, my kids are, 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 I'm not immune to that. And so we like to wa- like watch Veggie Tales 